Welcome to the Hyper Voice, episode 46. This is a show all about Pokemon's video game championship series. I am your host, Steven Morioka, and today I am joined by Alex Underhill. Hey guys. And Chip Across. Hello. Welcome everybody. We're going to be talking about the uh, few events today for our show, uh, or a few things in our show rather. We're going to be covering the Madison, Wisconsin regional that happened over the past weekend. We're also going to be talking about the Pokemon 2019 press conference, which uh, Pokemon announced some of its uh, news for its uh, franchise moving forward uh, in the upcoming year or so. Um, That is something that happened last week. And we're also going to be talking about what uh, news we saw in the Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield Direct that uh, was actually earlier this morning for us in North America. And we just want to preface this for... Uh, everyone out there that if you do want to avoid any Sword and Shield spoilers, um, we're going to let you know when we start talking about those, because those will be closer to the end of the show, so we'll provide you with uh, information about that. Now, we're going to go ahead and jump straight into it, uh, the Madison Regional here. So, all three of us were there participating in it. Chuppa, you also managed to finish in the top eight of that Regional, so... Um, spoilers. I guess I should have. I guess I should have warned people about that. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so just, people, it's just, safe. Don't worry. That wasn't Sword and Shield stuff. It's just the regional. It's just the regional. It happened you get, already. You're spoiling the regional now, though. What if they haven't seen it? Anyway, yet? yeah. So the regional happened. All three of us were there. Uh, we can. Let's just go ahead and talk about our experiences there and what happened. So a real quick rundown of where we all ended up, though. Uh, I finished. Four and three, the worst of us three, at uh, 32nd place, so I just barely made the cutoff to get championship points. Steven did better than me, unbelievably, with uh, how unpracticed he is. Finished five and two, so props to Steven. Uh, I think only finishing four Unbelievably, places. you say. Uh, yeah, Come yeah. On, I think, my fundamentals I think, can carry I thought we were going to be a little friendlier. My fundamentals can carry me here. Come on. Um, You were the worst of the five and twos, were you not? I mean, by resistance, yes, but resistance <laughs> is stupid, so... <laughs> so you were the worst of the five and twos, right? Agreed. No, that's a fact. <laughs> Just, uh, I and mean, then, of re- course... you can't lie by the standings, but... Anyway, Chuppa went six and one during Swiss, so he yes. managed to make it two top cut. Um, yeah, Chuppa, tell us, tell us about... Uh, you. So you played against Colin in that quarterfinal. Uh, tell us about that match and, I guess, your run during uh, this regional. Yeah, so the set against Colin was actually super fun. I really wish it it, uh, it had been streamed, but I was on stream against Tommy the round before, so I understand why that didn't happen. Maybe especially after the set against Tommy, you didn't want to have me on again. Um, it was just a really fun matchup. I think it was around neutral, but relied on the ability to make like kind of bigger plays than I'd had to in uh, most other matchups of the tournament, and... It went like I won game one. I, I'd say pretty clean. I think that's fair to say. Game two, Colin had a good start that got um, even better after a particular critical hit, but he played well and was able to win game two. And then game three, he uh, went with a lead that I wasn't expecting and um, just had like momentum for most of the early game. It was just a really fun set. So, Chuppa, I did notice that it was... Kind of a longer round, one of the latest uh, matches in that round. In fact, I think I watched the stream round that uh, in that top eight, and I came over 
and for quite a while longer, you and Colin, your set continued. Uh, a lot of players were starting to gather around and kind of peek in, just wondering. We couldn't really see the match, but we were just checking emotions, gauging emotions to see how the set was going. Uh, and I saw that it, it ended after a very long set. Um, what I wanted to ask you about was uh, what was like the rest of your tournament like, and I guess uh, what were your emotions like uh, after that match? Um, the rest of the tournament, let me think. The first two rounds were relatively clean, clean wins, I'd say, and then I lost against um, uh, Jonathan Melendez, who was also running a uh, Luna Groudon team. He had Persian on his when I did not, and a strong trick room mode that was difficult for me to respect. And then after that, I, I think I had like mostly what what I can call pretty clean wins, one game three, and then like the set against Tommy that you saw on stream. That was a little silly. But generally, uh, I felt like my team was like really solid. I was just performing super well. And so what I did want to ask you about was, uh, how did you come about this team? Um, I We've seen this kind of build uh, since the beginning of the format. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Trick Room team that I ran in Moon Series, where uh, I had five of the same Mons or so. Groudon wasn't quite primal yet, and uh, there was a Serene over the Ments, but um, I believe... Uh, basically what I'm trying to say is um, what made your team different than what we saw earlier in the format uh, when this team was a bit more popular? Yeah, I forgot that it looked so much like yours. I, I guess you can say that that team like kind of set the foundations for what Lunadon teams would look like for like, I mean, it's four months later and they still look relatively similar. Um, this team was basically like something that uh, Gavin had built and used something very similar at Santa Clara Regionals. He had done a, a decent 5-2 with it. Um, it. It's a little bit different, though, because it's like its form of positive speed controller, like Salamence and Finny, when on yours it was um, just the double trick room mode. Oh, and of course I do have my own trick room, but... Um, I guess the way I was wording that should um, imply the Trick Room isn't like uh, one of the bigger parts of the team. It's more just like, oh, Stack Attacker comes against Xerneas, and Stack Attacker uses Trick Room. And so uh, that's actually not too surprising to hear that you were finding success in Gavin teams, because uh, I know that that's something you've been known to do in the past. Actually, back in, uh, I think, 2016? Maybe not. I don't think it's limited to 2016, but just we love Oh, no, it's not limited to 2016 at all. <laughs> But we love to draw parallels to the 2016 <laughs> format, uh, just because we're in this legendary format again with uh, Megas and Restricted Legends allowed. Um, but yes, uh, it seems that you and Gavin seem to enjoy similar builds, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Part of what drew me to this was just that it was made of like very normal Pokemon, I'd say, like the Groudon and Luna are pretty... Uh, I, I guess, like, the Luna moveset is a little unusual, but they're both just, like, pretty kosher Pokemon. Tapu Fini, Incineroar, Salamence, all things, like, that I'm pretty familiar with after a few months of playing the format. And then Stack Attack as well, just also pretty normal. None of the Pokemon were too out there. They're just very solid Pokemon that fit together in a way that's, like, intuitive for me to understand. And I really appreciated that for a team that I was going in with, like, not too much practice on. Now, I wanted to ask... Uh... I think one of the stronger aspects of these six, or I guess just the core three that I'm looking at right now and fo honing in on, is that you have Groudon, Lunala, and Stack Attacka. And it seems that Groudon, uh, a lot of teams that rely on Groudon of their own, 
use Groudon as their only way to beat Groudon, which sounds silly. Uh, you can use speed control for this. However, I think that uh, your team re really capitalizes on it is the ability to just use wide guard. And then your Groudon can kind of just safely click Precipice Blades while their Groudon is forced to fire punch. And it's not going to be threatening your Groudon. It might threaten the partners, but it's not clicking the button that it wants to be clicking most, which is that Precipice Blades. And so would you say that was kind of an important part of the strategy of your team? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the thing that a lot of Groudon teams overlook is the fact that Groudon is like more or less walled by stack attack if it's spamming wide guard. And let's say you're like Precipice Blades, Fire Punch, Sword Stance, which is like maybe the most common set, but it's certainly what I used. That Groudon is just kind of walled out by stack attack. Stack attack gets to spam wide guard and Groudon ends up being deceptively bad against it. And then the enemy Groudon just gets to throw Precipice Blades at your team and it's not fun to deal with. Wide guard is just like such a great move for responding to Groudon, and like it's pretty pretty darn good against Kyogre as well. Like when I played Colin in top eight, his was um Water Spout Origin Pulse Ice Beam, so I could do things like switch in my Groudon and Wide Guard, not fear um a random scald pointed at it. Yeah, it's funny to think that uh you have a Pokemon, or I guess two Pokemon on the field that are very, very weak to Kyogre's water moves, and yet Wide Guard completely negates it, which is uh, the risk you run when you run Water Pulse, or Water Spout and Origin Pulse together with no way to deal with Wide Guard. But uh, very cool that uh, you were able to do so well with this uh, Lunadon team. I think uh, we saw quite a few Lunala in the top cut. Um, all on very different looking teams, which was really cool. Um, always paired with Kyogre or Groudon in the, this tournament. And uh, I guess one thing that we've yet to talk about was the winner of the tournament in Paul Chua, who won the tournament a year ago, uh, last year in the 2018 format, and once again is winning with Groudon Xerneas, uh, but this time partnered with Mega Salamence, Tapu Lele, Incineroar, and Amoongus, um, which is a slight variation of one of the more popular teams in the format. If you saw a Tapu Fini over the Tapu Lele, you would say that it's almost the equivalent of the new Big Six, where you take just six of the most used Pokemon, slap oh them boy, all to one he team. he said it. Hey, man. I mean, I just don't want to have to say... <laughs> Xerneas, Groudon, Salamence, Tapu Fini, Incineroar, Amoongus every single time I'm talking about this team. Yeah, so I just like, call it the new Big Six. No, no, I know. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't That's like cool. to call it um, Big Six unironically because of how much um, how much weight that uh, phrase carries just because of like the team that Big Six was in 2016. And like, I wouldn't say the new version of it is like it really compares to that in terms of like its usage or its viability. It's just like a very strong, very normal team. But I, I do totally get why you'd call it Big Six. It's like maybe the most used team in the format, even if it doesn't dominate usage the way old Big Six did. No, you're definitely right about that. Um, and then another parallel that I like to draw with this team is that. Uh, as we often saw, people started subbing in Cresselia or Bronzong into Big Six in 2016. Uh, we see that Paul Chua did sub that Tapu Lele in, uh, another psychic type, performing a very different role in uh, terrain control and, in its own way, speed control, which is kind of neat about uh, what Tapu Lele does. Holding the Choice Scarf, um, with Magic Room, it can either negate items or 
it can just take KOs on threatening Pokemon like Gengar or other things that might be weak to Fairy like Salamence or Rayquaza. So neat that uh, Paul uh, was able to win with a slight variation on a very standard team. It's, I think, one of the most uh, interesting things about watching him play uh, from top four on is that he played the same team in both top four and finals in Colin Hire and Michael Lanzano. They had the exact same teams, but that didn't mean that Paul just did the same thing every time. If you watched what you, he did, uh, he used pretty much a different strategy in all four matches. And what we've come to know Rayquaza Kyogre teams for is that they often tech very hard for Xerneas Groudon so that they can lock down that matchup and then spend the rest of their Pokemon worrying about other things. But Paul showed that he had four different ways to beat Rayquaza Kyogre teams and that they're definitely not ready for the top Zerndon players. Yeah, that, that's yeah, I mean, a great just, point. Just think about that. Four different approaches to defeating something that's supposedly uh, heavily prepared for your core, right? So uh, that's really, uh, really important here moving forward is that, um, you know, these teams can see Paul's performance as sort of a uh, guidance on how to solve these, uh, you know, I guess, counterpick issues or these checking issues. And, uh, and I guess another thing to note here is how the, uh, this was the only Xerneas in the top cut. Um, and Paul, un under Paul's piloting here, he managed to win the whole thing. Uh, really need to see him pull out the repeat regional win. Uh, so that's two in a row for Madison. And like, another thing to point out is you just look at that top four. Like, that is a phenomenal lineup there of, uh, some incredibly strong players. So, like, uh, it's not really surprising there. Now, uh, what are some of the other, like, uh, I guess, standout Pokemon you see around in this top cut? What's, uh, I guess, what's the most surprising thing that uh, you see here? Uh, I think for me, it, um, maybe it has to be Whimsicott appearing on uh, three of the top eight teams. So I did want to mention that you do bring up a good point, that the top four is uh, a lot of veteran players, which I think is really cool to see. Uh, the other thing, back to your original question, though, is the... Uh, the Pokemon that stands out to me is probably Whimsicott, and while it's kind of unfair to pick it, because while it has three usage across the a top eight teams, but uh, two of the teams are exact clones from uh, the team that Tapu Kimo, uh, Tapu Kimo, uh, Kimo Nishimura, I'm uh, <laughs> referring to his uh, Twitter <laughs> handle, um, looking at all these tapas on the screen is getting my mind all mixed up, but Kimo Nishimura, the team that we saw him finish in the top eight at Berlin with... Uh, Actually, no. This is the set, this is the variation that he's been using since, and because he did not have Whimsicott on the team at the time. Um, why don't I just plug the real builder of the team, which is Ragov, because uh, Ragov's the person who built this team. Ragov Malavia, Moody Man. Uh, he added Whimsicott as a Pokemon just for dedicated speed control, as well as the ability to outspeed Rayquaza and hit it with a super effective Moonblast. The priority Encore able to stop. Uh, Xerneas from setting up Geomancy safely. Uh, a lot of cool things, and just being a Grass-type, too, to ignore the redirection of the popular Amoongus. Um, I think that's the Pokemon, that's my pick for Pokemon that stands out the most. Yeah, so it seems like both of you seem to uh, really pick out that Whimsicott from these teams here. I would go with something like Serena for mine as what stands out here, because... Um, again, like it's not the most common right now in the ultra series. So it's good to see like some players are still seeing success with that Pokemon. 
Um, so this was on Cedric Derucci's team, who placed in seventh here to round out the uh, rest of the top cut. Um, uh, it was we had Michael Lanzano in second, Wolf Glick and Colin Heyer in top four, and then along with Chupa in top eight, we had Alyssa Smith, uh, Cedric that we just mentioned, and Hector Vargas. So, uh, congratulations to all these players who made top cut here. And then now we're gonna head and talk about the. Uh, Pokemon 2019 press conference, uh, after this Madison 20, uh, after this Madison regional here, and really just a quick outlook on what, uh, they were planning to do for this next year, you know, what the, what's coming up for the future for the franchise. So, in this press conference last week, they had announced a few different things here. So, this was, uh, Pokemon Masters, which is a new mobile game for, uh, mobile, for your phones. And, uh, it's really just, you get to challenge some of the more iconic trainers, champions from all the games we've had so far. So, um, not super relevant for any of us competitive players at the moment. And it looks like it's just a thing for fun for in general. We also have the announcement for Detective Pikachu 2 for Nintendo Switch. So that's going to be a sequel to the original game, which uh, was out on, I want to say 3DS or yeah, I think that was a 3DS game. Yeah, it was 3DS. Cool. Thank you for that. And we also, uh, there's a new po- Pokemon Go Plus, as well as Pokemon Sleep. So, clearly the Pokemon Company International is uh, very um, concerned about all of our well-beings. Well, wait, wait, wait. Don't sell it short. I believe it was a Pokemon Go Plus Plus. Yeah, oh, yeah. Plus Plus? Not just the Plus? It's like Plus the word and then Plus the symbol. Yes, because the original oh, one was geez, called the Pokemon wow. Go Plus. Did not even catch that. Jeez. Okay, so yeah, um, Pokemon Go plus plus. So we got a double plus here, and then Pokemon Sleep, which is gonna like track your sleep, I suppose. So that's neat. That'll help some folks who need that. Um, other than that, probably the most relevant announcement for for us is that po- there's the a new uh, feature coming called Pokemon Home, which is gonna be. The connective uh, integration of Pokemon Go, Pokemon Bank, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu and Eevee, and all connecting to Pokemon Sword and Shield. So this is essentially going to be the way to transfer all of your Generation Seven, Generation Seven stuff and prior to um to the future to Generation Eight to your Sword and Shield games. And uh, I imagine most of these are going to be one-way trips up into Pokemon Home. I mean. I kind of wanted to talk about Pokemon Sleep a little bit. Oh, yeah, I think talk about the other games would actually be fun, if briefly. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, feel, yeah uh, comment on what, uh, what you thought about this whole announcement here. I was, uh, in college, I was very interested in studying my own sleep, so uh, I got, like, a Fitbit, uh, basically from a friend. Uh, and so that was kind of fun to track. I'm wondering what Pokemon Sleep is going to do, like, to make it into an actual game as opposed to just another way to track your sleep with a Pokemon Go accessory. Um, and I do think that just the name and idea of this whole thing is hilarious. And then my thoughts on Pokemon Masters is uh, is that not just like the Fire Emblem Heroes equivalent of a Pokemon game? Um, no, I, it's um, I, it, they're both gotcha games, but... Uh, okay, yeah, I think that's probably an okay comparison. Um, yeah, basically, it's another gacha game. I don't really know what to make of the, um, the battling that we've seen in it so far, because it looks on the simpler side. Kind of like, uh, kind of like Go. 
Yeah, yeah, probably a fair amount. Like, go. Okay, that's cool. But so, what do you think? Like, Pokemon Sleep's a game? I I really don't. <laughs> I'm really not quite sure. I think it's so. I think you you wake up and then there's Pokemon that will appear on it that you catch in it. It's really really hard to say. <laughs> we don't know a lot, but uh, I believe the idea behind it was uh, you sleep and like track your sleep and get rewards in the game for it. And that's why I thought it was a game. But I could have been totally wrong. <laughs> okay, maybe it's your subconscious playing. Um, I guess whether it's a game or not, I, I feel like that game's going to be a total snooze fest. Oh, Horror. <laughs> <laughs> oh Anyway. Yes. Anyway, uh, so Pokemon Home is really like the big seller there. Uh, so it's uh, especially when we expect to get a regional decks for the new Sword and Shield games on Switch, it'll be nice to have some of the old Pokemon who you can help breed with eventually once that uh, it gets released to help out with your competitive Pokemon uh, once we get to that point. So one thing I, I want to comment on there is that we're not going to be getting it when the new games come out. We're going to have to wait like a a few months. I think um, Pokemon Home was touted as like it, it'll come out early 2020, which makes sense. But that means for the first uh, few months of Sword and Shield, we're not going to like um, have parents that we can bring over from previous games. So we're going to be losing out on especially easy breeding. We're not going to have uh, a select few egg moves. It's It's kind of unusual starting like that. Yeah, Shepa, you make a really good point there. Uh, it's actually very similar to how we started Sun and Moon. We didn't have, um, I guess, that update for Pokemon Bank to get into Generation 7 for a while. I remember, like, we were waiting and waiting waiting, and we were probably, like, two or two and a half months without uh, any support from Pokemon Bank from uh, older generations to help with breeding, at least. I think it's a little bit disappointed that we're not, like, going to be starting out with it, um, mo mostly for breeding sake, but losing the moves is kind of weird, too. Like, the fact that in 2017, uh, Fake Out Salazzle, Kurth Gigalith, we didn't start out with, then all the way back in 2014, like, Parasong Gengar was missing, and that's a huge deal. I think just lacking certain moves is kind of unfortunate. It would be best to start out with everything. I think it'll be interesting to see that uh, mid-format wave that the release of Pokemon Home causes, uh, as we saw with like Pokemon like you had already mentioned, or Tailwind, Driftblim. Um, it, it was kind of cool in 2017 where suddenly so many Pokemon's viability was increased or changed uh, just because of the mid-release of these moves. It's almost like a somewhat, somewhat comparable to the uh, format changes we have mid-season now, though not nearly as drastic. Um, but I'm excited to see, uh, what that'll bring. What, uh, I, I think I look forward to that mid, uh, format change, if that ends up being the case. Yeah, it is fun to have things, like, suddenly change up a little bit, and it's generally just increase in viability, like, uh, Driftblim in particular was just something that, like, until a few months, it, it wasn't a Pokemon, but then it was, and it, it did amazingly for a while. Yeah, had quite an impact once it uh, splashed onto the scene there. Um, but I feel like we can... I think I think we're ready to move on to the Sword and Shield stuff, but uh, I do want to do make one more comment about the Madison Regional, uh, just on a personal note. So, this was my first tournament back in nearly two years, right? And, you know, one of the takeaways I took from it is that I was just able to have fun again, right? Near... 
the tail end of the 2017 season, you know, I wasn't really having fun playing the game anymore, especially in tournaments and all that. But uh, it was it was really good because I was still able to have fun while losing. So, um, you know, I just took those as learning lessons and wouldn't like I wouldn't panic after game one losses or after just a general round loss from uh, uh, in the tournament as well. So I think it was a really important takeaway that I was able to have fun again fun while losing and that you know I'm back I'm gonna be here for a while to stay and uh you know glad to be back it was fun to see everybody at the tournament again so uh nice to say hi to old friends and to say meet some of the new ones as well it was a fun experience it was good to have you back Steven it was also fun to see all of the players that have kind of joined the game since your leave uh be kind of unfamiliar with who you were uh and Having like both you and your mom there, a lot of people were like, "Who are these people?" You know, and I just got a lot of hear hear a lot of comments, and I was like, "Oh, you don't know them?" Like, that's just it's just so funny to me, um, because it wasn't that long of a break, but you know, VGC like it kind of, the players just keep coming in waves, and and uh, while it may not seem like it, the game does continue to grow, and we get a lot of new players joining the scene who aren't going to be as more uh, as familiar with a lot of the veterans uh, that we still do see around, so. Um, I'm happy that you had a fun weekend coming back. Yeah, I, I hadn't realized that um, you and your mom were, were going to be there, so it was a pleasant surprise, a surprise to see you guys. I, it's um, really important that um, Pokemon just have a sort of like recorded and accessible history so that someone could like look at old tournament results and say, like, oh, hey, Steven Morioka, that guy played back then and he still plays now. That's cool. But it's a little bit difficult to do that. Oh, I very much agree. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank. Thanks so much for the kind words there from both of you. Um, yeah, it was a it was a really fun time. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to what's to come in the future with Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield coming up, and uh, we're gonna see what happens with the rest of this 2019 season as well. So, very excited. Now, uh, what, so for all the listeners out there, what we're planning to do here is to uh, we're gonna do our outro right now in the middle of the show. So, um, once all this is done, we're going to have a little break with some music, and then we're going to start talking about Sword and Shield. So, if you want to avoid spoilers, you know, you can just listen to the next, like, minute or two of this, and then turn the show off and come back to it later on once you uh, once you don't care about spoilers anymore. But if you do, for those out there, we're just uh, being considerate of you. Um, we're going to do our outro now, and then transition to the Pokemon Sword and Shield Direct to talk about some of our impressions and what we saw in there for uh, the future. So, um, for everyone out there, you can find our show, find our show on YouTube, Podbean, iTunes. Um, you can uh, email us at vgchypervoice at gmail dot com. Uh, send us your feedback and questions. A new platform we are now on is uh, do the feedback of some of our listeners. Um, and as well as like we've been working on this slowly over the last month, but we are also now on Google Play, so you can uh, find us there. Find us uh, on that platform. Just uh, you can download the show, listen from there, and you can also join our group on Facebook and follow the show on Twitter at the Hypervoice. Now, we're also just going to give our personal Twitter accounts here. Uh, you can follow me at Super Morioka, and uh, Alex, where can we follow you? At Lexicon VGC. And Chuppa, where can we follow you? Chuppa VGC. Perfect, everybody. So, this is the first part of our show without Sword and Shield. 
But we hope you have all enjoyed it. We've had a lot of fun. And we hope you stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. And for those who are sticking around, we're going to have a little break here. And we'll be right back with our discussion about Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Direct on June 5th. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Steven Morioka. I am here joined again by Alexander Hill and Chuppa Cross. We're now going to talk about the Pokemon Sword and Shield Direct that occurred on June 5th, 2019. We got boatloads of information, some new Pokemon revealed, and we're just going to give you some impressions here just to warn everybody there are spoilers ahead. So if you want to avoid those, turn off the show right now. I mean it, right now. Otherwise, Come on and enjoy it and uh, join us here. Now, so this was about 15 minutes long today, and we got a lot of uh, neat things coming out of this direct. So we got our new mechanic, we saw our cover legends, we saw some new Pokemon. So, uh, Chuppa, Alex, what are some of your first impressions from the information we got today? I think the uh, new, what we learned was like roughly what I expected to learn, like uh, beginning of the game Pokemon, like the um the the grass type. What's it called? The flower? I forget its oh, name. Oh, that's a uh, Gossifleur. Okay, Gossifleur. We learned like Gossifleur and Wooloo, which are just like Pokemon that you catch at the start of the game. I'm sure Wooloo evolves. It's probably just our normal type, our Patrat, our uh, our Ratatat. Um, and then we learned a few others, like the the crow that gets you around we learned the the legendaries which was like definitely expect expected to see those it had been like a little bit too long without them and then uh, getting to learn the mechanic was really big as well so the one thing that i kind of expected us to learn but we didn't was the middle evolutions but otherwise i do agree with uh middle evolutions of the starters that is but otherwise i do agree with uh, choppa that pretty much everything seemed about right for what we're learning at this point getting an introduction to a couple of the new pokemon getting to see the covered legends uh getting to see the new mechanic is very very cool uh that we already can kind of start thinking about it theorying wondering what it's going to mean for us going forward and uh my thoughts really quick are uh with all the new pokemon revealed um i'm a big fan of pretty much everything uh, I like all the new Pokemon so far. Uh, I'm a pretty, I'm a fan of all of them. That's awesome. So yeah, just getting some of the listings for those Pokemon. Um, during the actual direct, they didn't really announce too much about abilities or some of their typings. But um, that all this information is actually available on Pokemon's website that you can look up. I'm just gonna briefly run down this here. So uh, Gossiflor is a Grass type that evolves into Eldegoss who's also grass type, they have uh, the, the abilities Cotton Down and Regenerator. Cotton Down's actually a brand new Generation 8 ability that when that Pokemon's attacked, it drops the opponent's speed by one level. And uh, Wooloo's a normal type with the abilities Fluffy and Runaway. And Corviknight's a Steel Flying type. Um, at fir- when I first saw it, I actually thought it was Dark Flying, so that was kind of surprising. So it shares similar typing to Skarmory and Celesteela. With the abilities Pressure and Unnerve. And uh, funnily enough, there's a screenshot 
of uh, Corviknight at level 50, and you can see its HP value at 166. So, um, we can't really gauge too much information based on that, but if you do the math, its uh, base HP stat is in the range between 59 and 106. So, it doesn't tell you too well, much, but a, it's something. That's a range, <laughs> alright. Yeah, the, the funniest thing about that is, like, that if you, the middle of that is what, like, 80-something. That's smack dab average HP. I guess, if anything, that says that it's, like, probably a basic Pokemon that, or maybe not a basic, but it's not going to evolve any further. So, cool. Um, I do, I'm kind of in the same camp as Steven there, where... The I did think it was going to be a dark type, and I almost thought it might be like a Delmi situation where they make it like almost three types or the ability to use stab on another type. Um, I also think it's funny that they just took this super, super scary looking bird and said, actually, he's a taxi. He's like, he's your Uber. He's <laughs> going to be picking you up and lifting you around and taking you from place to place. Yeah, this is going to be a this is going to be a kind bird, despite being uh, somewhat ominous, right? It's like uh, how ravens uh, are trained to deliver messages, but uh, actually now they're just delivering people when they're, you know, as tall and huge as this bird is. <laughs> Fantastic. And to round it out, we also uh, saw Dreadnaw, um, who is a water rock type, which I was surprised by. Like, I thought it was like a ground or a dragon or something like that, but water rock with the ability strong jaw and shell armor. I mean... To me, both Wooloo and Dreadnought look like uh, candidates that are going to be evolving, so they'll have uh, stronger forms. Um, and then we also think, got to see the cover legends. I think Gossifleur looks like it could evolve, too. Um, wait, Goss uh, yeah, yeah. is Gossifleur... Into, yeah, we know that. Into Eldegoss, right? That was, uh, that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you meant, like, Eldegoss evolving, which... I mean, I guess uh, if they no, no, I meant, I meant Gossifleur. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, and then something I do want to say right now, though, is since we're just throwing our opinions out there, um, Gossifleur is a lot better looking than Eldegoss, and I wish they just kept it as Gossifleur. Hey, Gossifleur I think, is cool. I, I think they're both cool, but I agree. Gossifleur is, like, probably the cooler looking one. Eldegoss just reminds me a lot Eldegoss of the... Eldegoss is fluffy. Uh, yeah, exactly. It reminds me a lot of the fluffy cotton grass types that we've seen in, like, Jumpluff and Whimsicott. Can never have too yeah, many. Yeah, a little, little, little poof ball there. Looks cool. And then mm -hmm. we also got to see the, finally, our uh, cover legends. We've seen their, like, uh, um, you know, yeah, their head in the in the logos behind sword, the words sword and shield. You know, you got that blue sword and the red shield there. We got to, introduced to, I'm going to butcher these names, but we'll uh, eventually figure this out, but Zachian and Zamazenta, something like that. Um, so... One of these are wolves, and one of the, the Zachian, the one for sword, is carrying a sword in its mouth, and then Zamazenta, the one for shield, just has a big shield around its mane. So they both looked pretty neat. Um, did both of you have like standout choices, or did you have choices on which game you were gonna get before this happened, or did one of these wolves sell you on one either game? Uh, I I have no idea which I'm gonna get beforehand. It's just like. Largely, it, it comes down to the Pokemon. Uh, that yeah, are we're gonna have to learn more information about the version differences. But I, st I was Sword before they showed these, and I, st I think I'm still a Sword guy just because, like, dog holding a sword. I mean, that's that's pretty pretty cool. Come dog on. holding a sword is way too cool not to get dog that its its face is kind of just a shield. That's not as good. That's like Bastiodon. I do I mean, wonder though. Yeah, that's true. If uh, you know, like some people are talking about like. 
you know, why is he just holding the sword? Why isn't the sword integrated into his design? And I'm I'm just wondering if the shield one takes the sword dog's sword, like, then what? What do you have left, sword dog? See, you can't just spoil their, their third version like that. That's true. Oh, yeah. no. That they're gonna they're gonna keep that uh that the third one in the trio a secret for a little bit longer. Maybe we'll get that re- revealed in the at the world championships. Maybe later, but um it was clear based on that ch- end of the ch- end of the direct there that they are having something prepared for that. Um, to answer the question previously, my own question actually, um I knew right when they announced Sword and Shield, it's like oh Shield, I want Shield, and I'm still with that. Like I really like uh Zamagenta's de- Zamazenta's design, uh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm st- I'm sticking with S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm very confident I'll be getting S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, come November. Uh, speaking of which, we also got a release date, which, uh, when they said that, I literally gasped because I just wasn't expecting it already. I mean, uh, within the timeline of a game's release, you know, you do should kind of expect it, but I just, I just wasn't ready for it. So I was like, whoa, November 15th, that's crazy, that's, that's five months away. So that's uh that's really exciting. Uh, it's also cool that they basically already announced the date of the upcoming international. It's going to be November fifteenth, twenty nineteen. If they want to uh, stick to the style that they did previously with, I think Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah, it's um I I kind of hoped it was going to be October. Maybe that was uh a little optimistic. November is pretty far away. Not unreasonable as a release date at all. But it's another five months of waiting without. <laughs> having this great game in our hands. Yeah, uh, those will be five long months as well. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure what this means for when the format switches. Um, if that's going to be December or January, we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, that's going to be right around holiday season. So uh, good timing for them in terms of sales numbers. And um Let's see, I kind of want to go back to that new mechanic. So, the uh, Dynamax mechanic that lets your Pokemon grow to be very large. They get, um, the website just states that they get a boost in powers. Their attacks turn into, like, these uh, max attacks. So, um, there's, like, max lightning I saw. There's max strike. There's max overgrow. Or was it something called something overgrowth, maybe? But... Um, it was something that lasts three turns. It can be used once per battle. You know, in the direct once I saw the girls, uh, had a little bracelet on. I was like, whoa, she's got a bracelet. That's gonna be the new mechanic. There it is. And, uh, so yeah, it's just like, we don't really have enough information yet to kind of gauge what, what this is gonna do to the game, really, and, uh, for us competitively. But it's, uh, very interesting to look at, you know, what kind of Pokemon you're gonna be using uh, this new mechanic on. So, uh, I'll just kind of, like, regurgitate my thoughts on Dynamax really quick, but the overall summary is that I'm not a big fan. I feel like we're kind of getting a combination of Megas and Z-moves in that you take one Pokemon and make it big and kind of red and kind of see-through, and then for three turns it can use stronger moves, which almost seem reminiscent of Z-moves, and I'm I'm worried. I don't think it'll end up being something that is crazy overpowered. Um, but if they are like Mega Pokemon using Z moves for three turns, that could be very problematic. However, for us in the VGC world, uh, it might not end up being too huge an issue because 
we run protect so often that it, with it lasting only three turns, it might be as simple as just protect, eat one hit from their Dynamax Pokemon, and then protect. Uh, I also think the name is really rough. Oof. Mega's... Yeah, the, much better the name is so goofy. Dynamax, like this just sounds like we're going full anime here. Yeah. Chuppa, Chuppa, what are your thoughts on uh, this uh, Dynamax? Um, I'm optimistic, but I can see them being really stupid when when you said Mega's a, a Mega that gets to use a Z-Poof every turn for three turns. Uh, I uh, Shivers went down my spine. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> what I'm like most afraid of is, is, like, let's say we get Garchomp in the decks again. Not too crazy who's in the past two regional decks. Is, he's almost guaranteed to be a top Pokemon. What if you just give your Garchomp the big boy item? It's like, oh no, and now I, I get to ground, like, single target ground type, um, move things for three turns, and it's just like, maybe you pop that when you run out of, uh, flying type partners, or your, like, your Salamence or something is forced off the field. Like, that's something that I can see being scary. The fact that, um, like, the normal that's type the one, thing. we know that that lowers speed. Uh, other types are probably gonna have side effects like that too. I hope they're not, um, too wild. Yeah, or super broken either. We don't know if uh, it will be an item or not. We're we're hoping that it'll be a held item, but if it's not a held item, then we might be able to use it with something like a choice band, and then suddenly we're hitting absurdly hard, or we might be able to use a mega that can Dynamax, which also just sounds crazy. Um, I think it's it is very very likely that it'll be an item, considering like yes. the past two gimmicks were. Yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic about that much, but like right now, I think it's really hard to say how much uh, of an impact it's going to have. Yeah, very true. It's very early. This is like literally still day one of uh, with this information, so um, time will tell here. What I do like about it is that it's a uh, a little more inclusive for all the Pokemon because you know Megas were very uh, kind of like Zemo's. Megas were very restrictive in that it was for specific Pokemon only. And Z-Moves, you could literally use it on anybody you wanted. So uh, I feel like this Dynamax thing is going to be the exact same thing. You'll be able to freely use it on just on everything, you, anything you want. Um, I guess, like, a really nice example of this is, Alex, you had a Z-Move on an Oddish I saw at some point. So, Wait, what? Yeah, you did that. <laughs> I, did, I did, I did. I almost won that PC, too. But, weren't those... <laughs> but I was spoiled again. But, like, that's that's the point Kids. I'm making here is that you can still use your favorites with these new mechanics and uh, Megas were a little bit too uh, restrictive in that sense. But um, silly, I'm saying that just, just you know just with the specific Mega Stones and all that. Anyway, yeah, not too much information on Dynamax, but um, we'll we'll see what happens when we get more information, right? So um, I guess one thing to look at is that again, ev- almost everybody's assuming we're gonna have a regional Pokedex for this uh, upcoming uh, season in 2020, once we get Sword and Shield out. So there have been uh, clips from the trailer or a lot of uh, Pokemon in the trailers that we've seen kind of in the background or just like roaming around in the game. Um, Speaking of which, like a lot of the Pokemon in there look like it's going to be free roaming. It's not going to be like wild encounters like we're used to. It's like kind of a mix between your standard Pokemon game and Let's Go, where the Pokemon are in the overworld? Oh, it sounds like um, most of the game, if, if not all of it, is going to be Let's Go style. I think there are a few things saying that even in areas like um, uh, Caves was the word that they used, Pokemon would be roaming around, which which I'm all for. I didn't play Let's Go, but it sounds fun that way. 
I did play a bit of Let's Go, uh, and while that game was just okay, uh, that feature was one of the best things about it, and I'm very excited to see this coming back. Yeah, the the world felt really alive. I played a little bit of Let's a little bit of the Let's Go games as well, and you know, ultimately, it doesn't really matter if your encounters are random, hidden in the grass, or random out in the overworld. It's still random. So, um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Anyway, what we were talking about is that we have a somewhat of an idea, you know, so far of what kind of Pokemon are in the original Pokedex. So, uh, Cerebi has done a really good job of uh, picking out these Pokemon from the trailers and directs we've had so far. So, kind of just looking down this list, you know, there are a number of Pokemon that stand out. You can pick out ones with Fake Out, with your weather changing abilities. Uh, who can set up Trick Room that we know so far among our older Pokemon? So, Things like that I noticed that stand out are kind of like uh, Bronzong or Jellicent, uh, Dusclops or Dusk Noir. I saw Tyranitar and Abomasnoir in there for weather as well as the uh, Ninetales with Sun, the regular Ninetales, Hippowdon as well. Um, I see Serena, there's a... I saw a Dragon Hydragon, there we go. <laughs> so um, I guess there's not much we can go off of because we only know a few of the Pokemon here, but what are some other standouts from this regional Pokedex that... Uh, that you can pick out here. Uh, Arcanine and Gyarados have to be like um, two of the bigger ones that we've we've seen so far, and yeah, just Intimidators are huge. Um, so as regional decks go, I think 2017's was pretty good, and 2014's was awful. And one of the biggest issues with 2014 was that there weren't enough like defensive Pokemon in it. Like you had Gyarados, and the next best Intimidator was like. Scrafty and then Salamence, which is not a defensive Pokemon. And then 2017, you had just like a better balance of it, stuff like Arcanine and Gyarados as well. Um, seeing stuff like Bronzong and Jellicent is really cool. Just, I don't know, it's, it's important to have Trick Room control. That's another thing that was kind of lacking in 2014, where it was just like Gothitelle very clearly being the best Trick Room setter. The ones that I could pick that stand out to me would be uh, Snorlax, because we saw how strong Snorlax was in the 2017 season, uh, when it's allowed to use its berry for setup, like Curse and Belly Drum. Uh, and then the other one that I would say stands out to me is uh, not so much so for its competitive viability, but just uh, Charizard being present in the decks. We saw that you were able to get Charizard and uh, you know the Kanto region starters through normal gameplay in the Kalos region in X and Y, and so they were legal in 2014 with their Megas. Without the Mega, Charizard's not so, so, so amazing, but it's just very interesting, because I wonder what this entails uh, going forward. Are we going to see other starters in the format? Like, are we going to see the other Kanto starters? Are we going to see other starters in general uh, being playable? Yeah. Remember in Sun and Moon, Charizard was like your ride Pokemon, but it wasn't in the Pokedex? I thought that was weird. So... Um, I think the champion, like his signature Pokemon for Sword and Shield, was Charizard, so it's likely it's going to be playable within this game. So, again, likely likely for this Steven, format. Steven, Steven, Steven. Uh, Steven. What? The champion, what, what? The champion. He's so ugly. You don't like him? Oh my god. Dude, he, he's got that fit. Oh my he's god. He's rocking it. I, I think wearing, his outfit wearing, is really goofy. He's... He's pretty out there, but I, I don't really have beef with him. I think his lore that he's never lost a battle is stupid. That That's the thing that annoys me. Well, you know we're going to beat him when you get to him, you know? Yeah. It's like that, that uh, lore that they came up with. It doesn't even mean anything. He's 
wearing a carpet around his neck. Like, it just looks like a rug or like a towel. And his facial hair does not match his regular hair, nor does it look good. And then he's wearing, like, shorts over pants or something. I don't know, man. This guy's a goofball. Oh, um, hold on. Let's talk about better better characters. Um, like, like, I think Milo? both... Like, who? Milo? Milo? Uh, oh, no, no. I said better characters, Alex, not the worst character. He <laughs> looks fun. He doesn't have a nose. That's fine. You gotta have a nose. I like. That. I I think his design is just like um the thing about the champion's design is just like it, it's kind of goofy. He's got a lot of things going on, but I'm sure his personality will reflect that. Milo just doesn't make sense. He has a tiny head and this enormous beefcake body. He's just really unpleasant to look at. I'm looking forward to beating him in the first gym and just being done with him. <laughs> I think that's just what peak performance looks like. <laughs> and you're just not ready to accept it. Yeah, honestly, I can't really remember uh, the champion's look right now, but I'll take a look at that later and uh, see. But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm again, kind of neutral with, with my stance on the champion. But, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that lore that he's never lost. Because we're gonna beat, we're gonna beat him, and yeah. uh, then you know it's silly. It's silly, like Chopley, like you mentioned. So characters that are a bit better, though, like I like the um, the professor, and then her. Um, it is what's the name of the the redhead who's like her granddaughter? It's her assist. It's an assistant, right, or granddaughter, or something? Sonia, Sonia. Yeah, yeah. They they both seem really cool. Like, is the professor supposed to look kind of like the queen? That I'm still not sure about that. But I like the professor. And I like the assistant. That's a nice comparison. The uh, It seems like a lot of people are talking about the assistant looking a bit like a certain commentator in the VGC community. And I think I'm, a, I think I'm a, aboard that. It, it does seem kind of, of a weird coincidence. Mm. Wait, what's this? I don't know what you're talking about. Who, who does this? Who looks like who? Oh, oh, yeah, you're a little more out of the loop. Are you you're out of the loop too, Choppa? Oh, no, no, I'm saying that, like, since Stephen hasn't been, like, quite as involved recently, it would make sense that he's not, like, uh, familiar with the person in question. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, Lou, uh, the username Lulu the Pikachu, I can't think of Lou's last name, but she's the uh, redheaded commentator for the UK who also has done some Pokemon videos on the UK YouTube channel, uh, like something like how to play Pokemon or oh, some yeah, kind of tutorial okay. video. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Then, um, I don't, I don't think they look that comparable, to be honest. So, I mean, that's what the that's what some people in the community are saying, Stephen. So you're wrong. Okay, okay, sure, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, the the assistant's design is just like it. It's good, but it's kind of funny. Like her coat is enormous. It it's it just like um, it's 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 huge. But she's pretty cool. I think she seems pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does. Um. Uh, I just wanted to point out a fun fact about the uh, first regional Pokedex we also had in 2011. Chuppa, you had pointed out some of the intimidators from what we saw in the regional, or uh, what we saw in this uh, Galar deck so far. I looked at the Pokemon from Black and White for 2011, and uh, we really only there was Stoutland and Crocodile. I don't think I'm missing anything else because no, Scrafty, I'm pretty sure you're not. Scrafty did not have Intimidate yet. And Landris did not have a Therian form yet, so that's all you had that uh, season. <laughs> um, Steven, did you play 2011? 
Yes, yeah, I played I played throughout that whole season. Um played in the regionals, played in nationals, uh made top 8 that year and qualified for worlds. So, uh yeah, I did play that year. Uh-huh. And you did go to worlds? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um how how did you feel about not having intimidate in it? Or not having much intimidate? Um the game was very different back then, so um you know, you didn't really think about it as not having intimidate or something. You just needed the best pokemon on your team. And uh, while it was uh, valuable, you know, Crocodile ended up, did end up making it to the finals of Worlds, you know, on uh, Mateo Genie's team. Right. Um, so I didn't feel like it was ever a big deal. I never missed it, to be honest, because um, that metagame was all around Terrakion, Tornadus, Thunderous, um, Chandelure, Jealous and Amoongus, um, your fighting types, and also Scrafty, Conkelder, Mianxiao, all that stuff. So uh, Electros was another big one. Um, trying to think. There was something else. Did I miss like an important Pokemon in that one? No, it, it, it that? sounds like you mentioned about everything. But you're right. The game was so different back then. Um, I. But just like my summary of the Pokemon we've seen so far, I'm optimistic. It, it looks like a good deck. Like maybe we'll get Zong and Jellicent, but no, uh, Porygon two or Cresselia. So Trick Room Setters will be like not incredibly bulky. I think that's good, but they'll be like reasonably bulky. I think it's important to mention that uh, there's a bike that goes across water. <laughs> Wait, it goes across water? Did you see? Yeah, it goes across water. Did you see, like, Rot- Rotom's coming back within our Pokedex again as a phone this time? And yeah, that's part of what allows your bike to go faster and go across water. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited. Also, what do you think water of that bike? new... No, 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 Steven. What do you think of the water bike? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> What? Of it's it's awesome! It's no, awesome. That's, that's, that's a dumb idea. So what? We just don't have. We just don't get to have to surf anymore. No, We're just gonna you, use our I bike think, for everything. Climb up mountains. Just, go down hills. Do go wheelie, fast. If you do cover a wheelie, water. you just take off, and you just fly. So that, we're gonna we're gonna have a flying bike too. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's all terrain, and even lack of terrain is era terrain. I guess it is now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, water bike. I I didn't notice that, but that sounds okay. I. I can't imagine they'd get rid of, like, surfing Pokemon, though. It's just a really iconic part of the games. Um, Rotom. I'm not excited to have Rotom back on my phone. Rotom, no, he, it wasn't really a good part of Sun and Moon. Yeah, Rotom, Rotom talked too much. Rotom just led to a bunch of, like, silly dialogue and... Wait, wait. I, I... Has the, uh... Has the Pokedex been downgraded to, like, an app? because <laughs> it's guess... like on your phone and it says like i'm reading it on cerebi it says the rotom phone is a phone inhabited by a rotom which contains your pokedex and it makes it sound like you have a phone that has the pokedex on it which makes it sound like it's not the entire function of that device so it's just like oh sh- like i just gotta download the pokedex app and then i can start scanning <laughs> pokemon <laughs> I think oh my the pokedex gosh. is an app now I mean, I just, I guess it's trying to get with the times, right? Let's just, oh, man. Like an, I wanted to check phone. I wanted to scan this Pikachu, but I keep getting an ad. <laughs> I don't want to pay to upgrade to premium Pokedex. Um, oh, and the phone reminds me. The I, I don't know how I feel about the rival yet. We don't, we didn't actually see too much of him, so it's hard to say. I don't know. He's kind of just like small Leon, a little bit less goofy. As long as he doesn't follow in his brother's footsteps, that's fine by me. Which you know he's going to do, so... 
Well, I mean, like, as long as he just, like, his brother's fashion sense. Oh, okay, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, oh, one more thing is how, so there's that new, like, uh, raid battle thing where you can join other trainers to take down one of the Dynamax Pokemon. Um, that's, uh, something that I saw, you know, something that probably would have been influenced and came out of Pokemon Go. Honestly, in that game, I'm not a big fan of the raids. It's one of the few things you cannot do in that game by yourself, and that irks me a lot, because I like, um, doing things alone, by myself, you know, especially with Pokemon. Um, I like being my own independent trainer, especially for VGC. I'm actually someone who likes training alone, working on everything by myself. So we don't have to um, be on the podcast, Steven. It could just be you if you want. Just say oh, the word. Come, come on, Steven. Here. You have like a, a mother and brother who are great at the game, and you don't include them in your in your efforts to get better. For shame. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh. But yeah. Anyway, the um. Yeah. That that's one of the features I am not really excited about. Um, I, I agree. I hadn't thought of that. Like, restricting these to being group things is just, I don't like the sound of that. Hopefully it's something that you'd still be able to tackle on your own. But on the flip side, it, it's cool that you have the option to, uh, like, work together with people on these. Ideally, even people online, maybe random people. That's fun. Yeah, so I've seen, uh, this is just kind of a general, like, gaming take, that uh, when people see these online-only features, uh, people start to worry about those who you know don't have friends or don't have uh, the ability to access this feature and it normally just i think in my opinion it normally just depends on the uh how how highlighted the feature is i guess how important it is in the game uh, i don't know how prominent it will be in sword and shield these raid battles but uh, i think it's fun that they give the option for something for you to do with your friends and uh, i want to have like you know some kind of ways to connect to other players and do something fun together because We'll all be at VGC tournaments, and it's going to be one more fun thing to do with each other. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, though, um, and I'll go first, is uh, do you guys have any, like, hot takes going towards uh, Sword and Shield, you know, now that we've seen the Direct, and, like, maybe, like, theories and things? I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and start with my thought right now, is I think we're going to get rid of Z-Moves. I think that Z-moves uh, will fall off and they will no longer exist in the Galar region. But uh, I can't say for Megas yet. I think that likely Megas will still be in, but I can see it going either way. But I think Z-moves are gone. Uh, I I like that take. I think um, Megas are almost guaranteed to stay around. I think they're just like, they're popular. Well, competitively, that's a little questionable, but I think just they're they're cool additions in the game, and I think people generally feel that way. Good point about Z-moves. Yeah, I'm with both of you there, actually. Um, for Z-moves, I think those were an Alola region-only thing. I don't think they're coming back. Because, um, you know, it's it's uh, strange to incorporate the Z-crystals within this new region, especially with the way Sun and Moon's plot played out. Um, in terms of Megastones, I don't really think it has much to do with popularity, but more than, like, these are actual new forms for a lot of the older Pokemon, so those are things that kind of do need to stick around and will probably will likely be present. Um, I think Megastones will carry on forward th uh, into the next generations, and Zemo's probably will be gone like the two you just mentioned here. But um, I'll, uh, we'll I'll defend Chuppa uh, here, though. Likely... I think I'll defend Chuppa here, though. Uh, I do think it has to do with popularity. I think people really like Megas. Yeah, Megas are fun. Dude, Megas are cool. 
I mean, yeah, I guess so, but... Um, I, I mean, like, not in the game, you know, like, I think as players, most of us are ready for Megas to go, and, like... Yeah, I think in we general, all, right. I think we all wanted Z-moves out, because, oh boy, but, uh... Yeah, but I mean, like, if we're technically speaking, like, the Megas, the, the stones, the Megas will probably be staying. Oh, and uh, one more thing I did want to mention is, uh, we will definitely find out in the plot of the game why Dynamax exists... But right now, I, as is, without any information, that's one of the things that I think is making me dislike it so much, is I don't know why Pokemon get big. Why Pokemon get big? Why? I don't know. I don't know. Well, because it, they, they just get to reuse like the bottle they already have. I think that's like honestly a, a kind of big um, like m- motivator for it. It's, it doesn't require too much extra effort on their part. I mean, like, in the game oh in the lore world. yeah in the oh lore. in the lore yeah yeah um, do pokemon e- energy <laughs> energy i mean yeah energy energy they probably eat their vegetables and drink their milk and they you know your pokemon always go to the gym so is the <laughs> uh so are you saying that the dynamax evolution or whatever you like touch your wrist and then it just injects them with milk and vegetables and you know energy and they get really big and red and see through i guess so I mean, like, oh, did you know the item's actually called the Dynamax Band? That little bracelet? Uh-huh. But that's the the player item, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, because we don't have any kind of confirmation that it's a held item for the Pokemon yet. It should be. Hopefully. Um, did you guys end up having any hot takes? Um, hmm... I'm I'm optimistic about like uh, the decks that we'll get. I certainly think VGC will continue. Uh, I I don't think VGC is going anywhere, even if like things do change. But it it seems like it, it should be a fun deck. Like I didn't realize that Bronzong and Jellicent were in it. That's both of those are honestly great news. Just a lot of the Pokemon that we saw today should reaffirm this being a fun deck, even if like we know um, barely anything about what the new Pokemon are going to be like. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm usually not a big fan of the original Pokedexes, to be honest. Uh, I like the national Pokedexes a lot better. But, um, you know, just uh, especially with the game coming to Switch, you know, that's something I'm really uh, looking forward to here. So um, it'll be a fun one. And I'm going to kind of like put that mindset of mine away is that like I just don't like regional Pokedexes. So I'm just going to play it out like uh, as an as an objective as possible player here. So. Uh, Steven, what's your hot take? On the game? So, what I'm really interested in uh, about the games is, like, what the lore is going to be for everything. Like, all the stadiums, if it's, uh, the, uh, the Direct mentioned how all the trainers in the region are all about loving the Pokemon battles, right? That, to me, parallels uh, really a lot of the European soccer leagues there. So, uh-huh. European, it would be European football there for them to be playing in. So... Um, with all this emphasis on battles, I'm just hoping we see a lot of growth in VGC and what this means for the Switch, how we can get more players to be playing in tournaments rather than, uh, you know, kind of just being casuals. But because uh, we want to see the game grow, at least for us competitively. Um, I guess one of my hot takes here is the typings of the uh, Wolves, of the uh, Cover Legends. I think those are going to be, a lot of people have uh, kind of their ideas own ex- expected ideas what the typings of the what they're going to be i think they're going to be a surprise to us on and we're going to be surprised by what types they actually are 
Um, other than that, really looking forward to be able to like play play the game on my TV rather than on uh, you know, on the handheld just in front of me. That's that what rem- I'm most looking forward to. <laughs> that reminds me of another uh, take that I kind of just thought of now, but uh, with you mentioning how the battles are going to be in stadiums, I, I think we are going to get a spectator mode. Uh, hmm. with like the way in, that that camera was panning around. Uh, another like thing, in Smash or something? Yeah, like I think we're going to have some kind of way, like for tournaments, if uh, VGC does continue, um, that we're going to have some kind of like way for people to watch matches because people have already talked about it, but... With there being only one screen on the Switch, it's going to be an issue uh, hiding information because your full movesets shown on the screen. If you're switching to Pokemon in the back, those are shown on the screen. So everybody kind of gets to know more information than you would know about VGC now that we have with the two screens. Um, And the way that Rotom, not Rotom, but like that camera that was moving around on the battle, it seems like I'm just, I'm suspicious and I think we might be getting a spectator mode. I'm all for it. That sounds cool. Well, did you mean like the 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 uh, switches? Like someone's gonna be on the TV? Because I just imagined as players, I'm sitting across someone else with a switch. I have my switch, and we're play both playing in handheld mode, and it's like on the kickstand or something. I'm talking about for like possible stream matches. Oh, um, for stream matches, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that'll be interesting. I think I that's a whole what... other topic, Stephen. Uh, what you were yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about, though. I do want to talk about that in the future, in the future episode, uh, what tournament setups are going to be like once uh, we switch over to the Switch. Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to like make any firm predictions about that, because I think Nintendo kind of has a, a tendency to drop the ball on this sort of thing, and just, like, in, instead of changing much, sometimes they don't. Like, Smash has a lot of cool things going on, but on the other hand, you have stuff like Mario Maker having really strange online features it's it's just hard for me to expect anything particular mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it would be great to have a spectator mode though yeah I'm, I'm all for the spectator mode and i guess if you want like an actual hot take here i think um a lot of the generation 8 a lot of these new pokemon one of my hot takes one of my hot takes excuse me is probably gonna be like they're all gonna be really bad I just have this feeling they're not, all, most of them are not going to be competitively viable, and uh, the older Pokemon are going to dominate that format. But we'll see. Uh, Gen Seven gave us a, like most of Gen Seven's Pokemon have some kind of niche or relatively good. I think that's um that's a bold take. I don't agree with it at all. Steven's looking for Gen Six. That's why it's a hot take, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Why it's a hot take. Anyway, I think. I think we've covered just about everything that was in the direct, if not more. Um, well, we couldn't have covered more. That's not really possible, is it? Uh, uh, no, yeah, I, don't think I think so. we're good here. But um, anyway, so this was our uh, episode here talking about the Pokemon Sword and uh, Pokemon Shield direct. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we're gonna wrap up here. We did our outro earlier, so for everyone who's been listening so far, you've already heard all that stuff on where you can find us, but. Uh, lastly, we just wanted to thank Chupacross for being on the show. We really appreciate your time here. Oh, yeah. I appreciate being invited on. It's a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thank you to Alex as well. And uh, we're going to get out of everybody's hair here. We hope you uh, enjoyed the show. And once again, we hope you stay tuned for more of the Hyper Voice. Alola. Alola.